0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power
1: Rangers! Go Sentai, Ranger! Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 17 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Go Sentai Die Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jay, and with me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing on this cold Cleveland afternoon?
0: Not bad. Managing to stay warm, so that's solid.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. I got my long johns on. Uh, I do
0: not have my long johns on, but I am wearing some slippers, which is cool. Dude, it has been, you are not kidding when you say cold, it has been cold in Cleveland. I mean, I'm sure there are, obviously, there are colder parts of the world, but it's pretty cold. Yeah, it's
1: weird. Cleveland has been super mild since, uh, what was it, that week in sort of mid-November. It's been barely winter at all. Mm -hmm. And then in this last week, it has been cold and snowy. Yeah, it was actually
0: so cold, uh, Matt, on Thursday, canceled school. Wow. Yeah, not not for snow. Like, there wasn't actually a ton of snow on the ground. We literally just canceled school because it was so cold. It was, like, negative. I mean, the wind chill was, like, negative. 13 or 14, I think, and we have a lot of students that walk, and so they were just like, can't walk, can't walk in negative 13 weather, so no school.
1: Yeah, not far anyway.
0: Yeah, and then weirdly, we had school on Friday, despite the fact that it was basically the same temperature, so I'm not really sure totally what's going on. I was a little bit annoyed. I was hoping for a second snow day, but yeah.
1: Well, who knows? They're still feeling things out, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, today... That's the weather from decide. Cleveland. Maybe we should always start with a weather report. I'm sure everyone would appreciate that, right? I think
0: we should absolutely not do that. That sounds like a terrible plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man.
1: Uh, so, Matt, okay.
0: weather aside, what is our first star of the week?
1: Dave, our first star of the week is that I got a car, which is super exciting. Yeah! Uh, long-time listeners may remember the fact that um, a few months ago, I went from a guy with a bad car to a guy with no car. Mm-hmm. And I am back in the car game, and Dave, it is sweet. Nice! I'm glad it, to hear it, that's worked out for you. I mean, the actual car aside, which I ended up getting a, one that was a lot nicer than my last one. I mean, listen, anything would be a lot nicer than my last one. <laughs> I think we have but, established um, that actually no
0: car is nicer, th- nicer than your last car.
1: Oh, you mean the absence of a car is nicer than my last car. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, absolutely yeah, sorry. true. Yeah,
0: the actual absence of car, not having a car is better than driving your last car. So it's not actually a That is 100% off.
1: true. Um but it is super exciting because now I'm no longer like subject to the whims of the bus <laughs> schedule. Right. Uh, I can actually go to the other end of town and not have it take my entire day. It's it's a real game changer, Dave. I don't know uh <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but being mobile is super sweet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yes, Matt. Yes, I did know that. I am aware I'm aware that that's true.
1: (laughs) Okay. There's not actually that much more to talk about with that one. It's just a super exciting part of my week. So, Dave, what is our second star of the week?
0: Uh, Our second star of the week, Matt, is actually another game. Lo and behold, I've been playing games. Um, But I've been playing some Netrunner with some friends of mine. Ooh. Uh, Yeah. I, I know it's been out for a while, and I'm just sort of getting into it. But uh, some friends got me some Netrunner cards for Christmas, and then I got a couple of expansions. And it's super duper fun. Have you played? Have you played it at all? Have you seen anything about it?
1: Yeah, I've played it once or twice. But why don't you give a quick rundown for the listeners? Oh, uh,
0: yeah, sure. Basically, it's a uh, it's a CCG style game, except it's not a collectible card game. You're not like buying expansion booster packs all the time uh it's a really neat setup where you buy a base set and then they come out with uh expansions for the game where you just like every every expansion has the exact same cards and it actually has three of them so you're not buying like boxes and boxes and boxes of cards trying to get like one particular card which is something that actually always kind of turned me off from ccgs it's why i never really wanted to play them because i was like dude i don't want to spend like 700 dollars or whatever to get like the cards that i need to
1: play the game but right although we did spend a ton of money on overpower and that game was kind of bad
0: well yeah i think that's actually why i no longer like i played overpower like i did it one time overpower if you don't happen to know off the top of your head was a marvel ccg that came out dude i don't know 18 years For ago or a- something
1: yeah, it was early '90s. It yes, was in that. Like it that. was part of the big comic book boom. But anyways,
0: we played it for a while, and I just like it. Kind of turned me off from CCGs forever because of that specific thing. I mean, like I had, I don't know, thirty Doc Samsons that I never wanted to play with, and so Netrunners a really well, neat. Doc setup. Samson was terrible. He was super terrible as a CCG. I actually kind of like Doc Samson, but. It's a really neat setup cuz you just can buy the cards and it's cool. I mean it's still, you know, you're still buying them. But expansions are like 8 bucks or something. But the way the game is set up, uh you there's two sides to the game. There's a corporation and then a netrunner who is like a hacker. And uh they're both trying to acquire points and the netrunner is like uh, the netrunner is always on the, on attack and the corporation is always on defense and the corporation is like setting up servers and like putting out defensive programs and stuff and then trying to score agendas to get points. Whereas the hacker is constantly on the attack, they're trying to get into those servers with programs and resources and stuff. And uh, there's a couple different companies that you can play as, and there's a couple of different like factions of hackers that you can play as. It's just a it's a really fun, it's well balanced. Uh, the games aren't too terribly long, so you can knock out a couple of games, you know, uh, in a fairly short period of time. But there's a lot of neat strategy going on. Like I said, it's it's actually way way deeper than like I'm sort of prepared. <laughs> <laughs> like I was talking yeah. to Ben, who gave who is the guy who's a friend of ours who gave me the set for Christmas, and uh, I was like, "Thank you very much. You have given me the gift of homework because <laughs> now I have to go <laughs> like read up on this game." But it's it's a ton of fun, Matt. I really recommend that you uh, you know I recommend that you play it. It's pretty cool, or at least like get a set so that we can all hang out and you sort of play them together. Right on. Yeah, so that's my first star of the week, is a new and fun card game.
1: Okay, so our third star of the week, back to me now, is another game, a game that I've been playing. Uh, Dave, I have been playing the... Oh, gosh, I mean, it's probably like two, three years old now, because there's a new one out. Okay. Um, But I have been playing Far Cry 3. Ah, cool. I have not played any of the Far Cry games. Okay, neither have I. Here's the deal. I bought, it was like a trilogy box set. It has not one, two, and three. It has two, three, and Far Cry 3 uh, Blood Dragon. Mm -hmm. And Blood Dragon, I don't know if you know, is like, it's sort of like a standalone DLC. It uses the same engine, but it's not actually connected to uh, Far Cry 3. I It's this weird, sort of over-the-top, amazing thing that I've I've put that one off because I'm saving it as like a special treat at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So, I started with Far Cry 2, and I played it for, I got like 12% of the way into the game, and I realized, like, Far Cry 2 is just not for me. Okay. And I was a little disappointed, because I was worried that um, Far Cry, like, the other games would also be not for me. Okay. But I thought, you know, I already bought these things, I'm going to put it in, I'm going to play it. And Far Cry 3 is, it's so much better that it makes me feel like there should, there's like a Far Cry 2.5 that I missed, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, no, I gotcha.
1: And a part part of the thing is that, like, I had heard a lot about Far Cry 3 before I ever played Far Cry 2. Uh-huh. Yeah, I assumed that things that happened in 2, like mechanical things, mm-hmm. also, like, they... I'm sorry, things that happened in 3 were also happening back in the second installment. Got it. So in Far Cry 3, you, like, hunt animals, and you, like, you know, you use their hides to make different... Yeah, holsters Tools or whatever. And holsters and stuff, right? Yeah, I gotcha. Now, you don't do that in Far Cry 2, But I thought you did, so I spent like half an hour like hunting (laughs) and killing like beautiful zebras, trying to like harvest their skin, and then feeling (laughs) terrible (laughs) once I realized that I was really just doing it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just, just shooting people for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> you know what, man? I actually did the same thing in um, Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh, yeah. Assassin's, yeah, Crescent, Assassin's uh, Creed. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which I may have actually talked about on the podcast before, but is a fantastic game. Uh, you know, you shoot animals and you use the leather to actually make holsters. And so I'm, like, running around, and I'm like, hmm, sea turtle. That probably produces some leather I can make, like, some cool thing out of. So I just shot a sea turtle, and then I went over. It was like, you can't harvest anything from this. This is – you just killed a beautiful sea turtle. And I felt so bad I actually reloaded my game because <laughs> I killed, like, a fake sea turtle. And then I went out and stabbed a whale. So it was kind of a weird, uh, you know, some cognitive dissonance going on there. Oh, you know what, Matt? I actually have played one of the Far Cry games. I played Far Cry 1, like, ages oh, really? ago. Yeah, like, right when it came out, I played it. And I remember it being really fun. But I, I, you know, just kind of haven't gotten around to playing the other ones.
1: I, I know basically nothing about Far Cry 1, except that it came out, I think, when we were in college. And I want to say that, like, the protagonist was wearing a Hawaiian shirt or something. No, you're very
0: much like a... Uh, Like a black clad, like Latino secret agent, if I'm thinking of the right game. Which I'm pretty sure I am.
1: I have no idea. Anyway, so (laughs) Far Cry 3, tons of fun. I will probably be even more excited when I get around to Blood Dragon. um, But we will cross that uh, virtual bridge when we come to it. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? Oh, uh,
0: I was actually going to say something else about Far Cry.
1: Which is basically, oh, that, it.
0: Uh, I have heard, I have been, I've read some reviews about Blood Dragon, and I think that you are, uh, all your anticipation will pay off. Like, everything I have heard is that Far Cry Blood Dragon is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, so, oh, actually, you know what? Speaking of sort of over the top video games, and I was going to mention this to you uh, Saints Row 4 Get Out of Hell comes out pretty soon, and I'm really excited oh. about
1: playing that. You have to tell me all about that when that happens. <laughs> yes,
0: I will absolutely. Did you? No, I haven't launched you Far Cry 4, or uh, Far Cry. I haven't launched you Saints Row 4 yet,
1: have I? No, I haven't. No, I just finished Saints Row 3 okay. like a week or two ago. Anyways, next
0: time I see you, remind me, because you need to, dude, you need to play this game. <laughs> it's so good.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, I believe it.
0: So, yeah, so uh, Get Out of Hell is coming out, so I'm really jazzed to play that. You get to fly, Matt. You get uh, flying. You get, like, wings or something. And I'm super... Here's why I'm super excited about that. Because I always want uh, flying to be an option in, like, superhero games. And and every time I've ever seen flying in a superhero game, it's been terrible. Like, really sort of, like, actively, like, weird and and difficult to work with. And so... But the other superpowers in Saints Row 4 are so good... That I am hoping that like they managed to institute or create like a flying mechanic that really worked really well, so I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, you know, so that's all. That's all I really got for the, <laughs> for the yeah. video game corner. Um, oh, our fourth star, Matt, since I you asked me and I kind of jumped past it, is uh, remember I was telling you about I I did a little like super mega nerd uh, vanity press printing thing on like a. A bindery on demand called blurb oh yeah yeah uh they came in and they're great like they're super great they look exactly well okay i actually messed up like a printing thing i think i like saved the file and then like my computer crashed and then like i uploaded an old file without realizing that i hadn't it hadn't saved or something weird so there's actually a print error but it's totally on my end but everything that i told them to do They did. It's great. Um, It looks really slick. Like it's you know, I just I couldn't be happier. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really over the moon about it. So uh, if you need to print something, you can use Blurb. It was neat. Sorry, that was kind of a short star, but uh, (laughs) I'm not doing a lot these days because I got a new show starting.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is fine, because I feel like we are going to talk about the fifth star quite a bit. Okay. So, fifth star, Because, uh, Dave, the fifth star is, uh, listeners, for Christmas, Dave was good enough to get me a one-year subscription to Marvel Unlimited. hmm And, Dave, I have just been mainlining old comic books <laughs> for, like, <laughs> basically whenever I'm not doing something else. Sometimes when I am doing something else. Yeah. Um, so, I, I gave it to you as a gift.
0: And, okay, well, I actually give it to you and our sister Katie as a gift, because what I realized is, is I was like, this would be a great present for Matt. And then I thought about it. I was like, this would actually also be a great present for Katie. And then I thought about it a little bit longer, and I was like, this would actually also be a great present for me. And I've also been finding it sort of a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let me just pull this up. I've been reading uh, I've been reading The Eternals. Oh, Nice. The original Eternals run yeah, yeah, that's yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awesome. The thing is, it's a real crapshoot because sometimes you will read old comics that you've never read before mm-hmm. and realize that they are like true classics and you're glad you finally get around to them. And then sometimes you'll read Champions number one uh-huh. and realize like, oh no, oh no, 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 this one can stay buried.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, like not everything gets like a best of Marvel, you know, uh, trade release. For a reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there will be no, like, you know, absolute edition of the Champions.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, Dude, I have been, uh, I've been reading Hulk. Okay. And first of all, it's amazing. Uh, My only problem with it is that, like, Hulk was published and and they do this. Because, you know, like, they'll publish, like, three or four different, like, kind of ongoing series, like, about largely the same characters. And so I'm Mm -hmm. trying to switch back and forth between the Hulk comic book and then Tales to Astonish, which is um, was like a double feature book. And it would feature oftentimes it would be like the Hulk and Submariner or like Iron Man and Captain America. But a lot of the early Hulk stuff was published actually in Tales to Astonish. Okay. And so I've kind of been, like, flipping back and forth. But I think I've read basically all the Tales to Astonish stuff. And now I'm just reading Hulk. And Hulk ran from, like, 69 to, like, 96. There's, like, 400 issues of it or something. Dang. <laughs> or I, I, I'm i not exactly sure how many issues. But there's a lot. And then immediately, like, they ended one and then started another. And so I'm just reading Hulk comic books. And it's awesome. Like, it's, <laughs> it's
1: so good. It's so good. I, uh... I ran into a similar problem of having to jump back and forth trying to read X-Men events. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like, part one will be in X-Men, and part two will be on an Uncanny. And if you're trying to read Eve of Destruction, you just need to, like, keep jumping back and forth. And yeah, I read Eve of Destruction. Deal with it, listener. <laughs> I really feel like, um, like the service is amazing, but I
0: think it's still in, like, it's largely in beta. Like I don't know how long it's been around
1: but I still feel, I feel like they're still working out like a lot of kinks. I mean it's been around for a year or two but there's a lot of weird stuff that's missing. Yeah, there's
0: just a well there's just a lot of stuff man I and mean, we were talking what 50 years, 60 years of like backlog of comics.
1: Yeah, but like issue 14 of the original run of Iron Fist is in there, but that's the only issue of the original run of Iron Fist yeah. that's in there.
0: Well, my assumption is is basically that like they are scanning from whatever original copies they have in like the Marvel vaults, and just not everything got saved. I mean, I don't know.
1: I I really have no idea what their sort of policy is. It would be interesting to see. Yeah, but I just, yeah, I don't I just know. Need more but, Iron uh, Fist. By the way, going back to Eva Destruction real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, Eva Destruction, if you guys uh, don't know, is a kind of bad story. That, it was like the last X-Men story right before Grant Morrison took over. So basically everything that happened in it like, kind of got thrown out the window. And that's mostly okay, except that I love Poli Provisano so much.
0: Dude, listeners, you have no idea how true that statement
1: is. <laughs> okay. The, the deal, like, Pauly Provozano is, like, a jerk, um, and he starts off as, like, this raging homophobe. Um, but by the end of the story, he learns his lesson. Um, and it's, like, I, I have a Pauly Provozano, like like, series pitch that I would, l- <laughs> like... I don't even write comic books, but if I did, I would be trying to get this, like, six-issue mini rolling because... Ugh. Sorry, it's amazing. Anyway, real quickly,
0: Paulie the character, he's basically like a, he's like a low
1: grade like mafioso with like invulnerability powers and like low grade super strength. Yeah, yeah, basically, he's just a really strong, really tough guy. Because every Italian mutant in the Marvel Comics has some variation on being a strong or tough guy. One of them is strong guy. Yeah. Like,
0: M- have, mutants interestingly have you
1: ever noticed that every single italian mutant is some sort of like big strong tough dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh
0: like there's strong guy the big rock dude from like the most recent like crop of x-men he's italian uh, rock slide rock slide yeah rock slide italian paulie provenzano is italian
1: um Eunice the untouchable
0: Eunice the untouchable is totally italian you know Humorously, like, for a comic book that originally started as, like, a metaphor uh, about, like, the evils of racism, the people who come up with superpowers for mutants are super racist.
1: Yeah, it's not always the best. <laughs> like,
0: what? there's, like, a Middle Eastern girl whose name I can't remember who literally heard like, her powers to turn into sand. Um,
1: oh, yeah, that was from that same New X-Men series as, um, as Rockslide. Um, Rock yeah. yeah. It's like, guys,
0: guys, come on. Do we really, do we have to do this? Um, Oh, but to jump back to the Hulk real quickly, something that I'm noticing about reading comic books like really rapidly is that you start to notice things that maybe you wouldn't notice if you were waiting like a month in between every episode or every issue. Okay. Like for example. Like what? Okay. Like the Hulk. Almost every issue... Somebody tries to, like, restrain the Hulk with something. With, like, Repulso beams or, like, an in- indestructible plastine sheath. The le- the early leader, Matt, is really big on, like, indestructible plastithine. But, like, an indestructible okay. plastine sheath or, like, the a block of cement or, like, a mountain or whatever. But, like, every time someone's like, surely this will hold the Hulk. And I have news for you, Matt. It never holds Do, the Does Hulk. it? It doesn't. It never does. It never holds the Hulk. But literally, like almost every issue, someone's like, surely this will hold the Hulk. He will never be able to escape from this. And Hulk is just like, and he just smashes. Every time. Or like someone's like, this is finally like too strong for the Hulk. And then it's not. Or the Hulk is like, strength is Hulk's only weapon. If strength cannot win, like Hulk is doomed. And then strength wins. Of course it does, right? Because <laughs> it's the Hulk. Um, but I, th- I feel like if you were reading it every issue, or like you were waiting a month rather between every issue, you wouldn't notice. Because you're like, oh yeah, ready for some Hulk. But if you read like six months worth of comic books o- over your lunch break, all of a sudden you're like, wow, a lot of people try to restrain the Hulk and it just never works.
1: It's weird whenever you sit down and read a bunch of stuff all in a row. I remember. I've done it once or twice, but I've got the first, like, I don't know, eight volumes of The Essential Spider-Man. Whatever it is that runs through, like, all of the Lee Ditko stuff, all Mm -hmm. of the Lee Romita stuff, and into, like, the Jerry Conway stuff. Yeah. And just sitting down and reading that first, like, I don't know. I mean, it's a year's worth of comic books. But sitting down and reading them all in the course of a couple of weeks, like... It's really fascinating to watch it all sort of fold out like that, mm-hmm. like all like, sort of squished together. Yeah, it's like
0: watching a time-lapse movie. It's really neat. Oh, this is one more thing I will say about Marvel Unlimited, uh, and this is sort of more personal to you and me, but I have run into, Matt, uh, some comic books online that are from Uncle Pete's like Big Boxo Comics. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's super fun because <laughs> I'll run into it. I'll be like, I know this comic. Like I have read this before.
1: Our Uncle Pete, by the way, had this... He had, like, one long box full of comics, and every time we went to go visit our family in Buffalo, we would just reread this same long box of comics over the course of the weekend. Like, over and over so, and over again. And there was a weird smattering of stuff in there. Yeah. There was, like, like a more recent, like, Sabretooth miniseries. I mean, recent at the time. This was, like, you know, fifteen years, years ago. ago. Um. But there would also be, like, Richie Rich comics yeah, there and, was like, some Bronze like, Age Superman and Silver Age X-Men. Anyway, so yeah, that's really fun. I also found the first comic book I ever owned, or the first comic book I ever bought from a store, which was, oh gosh, it's, like, Fantastic Four number... Three hundred and ninety-three or something—I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Oh, jeez, I don't know. But uh, it is in the middle of the—it's some crossover, and I've never read the crossover, and I had no idea what was going on then, and I still don't know what's going on in it. <laughs> but it's the one where remember the one where the Human Torch has to fight a bunch of doppelgangers of the X Men,
0: um, and they all have oh, like bangs yeah, yeah. And spikes terrible. coming out of their costumes. Yeah. Uh
1: huh. And. Like, the issue starts with people being angry at each other, and it's, it's okay, it's a very bad issue of the Fantastic Four, and it's part of a miniseries that I know nothing about. But I, <laughs> like, I can tell you, like, panel by panel, what happens in this comic book. I don't know what any of it means, but I've read it so many times. <laughs> so it was really nice to find that one, and I really should make it a point to read. It's like, it's one. it's one of those crossover titles where they just took all the other crossover titles and picked out a couple of words (laughs) so it's not secret wars and it's not infinity gauntlet it's like it might it might be infinity war the infinity war the silver that might actually be what it was but it was (laughs) right anyway so marvel unlimited is fun if like weirdly lacking in bronze age iron fest but (laughs) <laughs> right on. Uh,
0: uh, well, Merry Christmas, Matt. I'm glad that you are. You. I'm glad that you're taking it.
1: Um Okay, so those are our five stars. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to watch episode 17 of the show, titled Here He Is, A New Hero. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, wait. I th- whoa, wait. Repeat that, Matt. David's called Here He Is, A New Hero. Aw, yeah. Okay, so we will see you back here in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 17. Here he is, a new hero. And Dave, let's get right into this one. Give us a quick recap because I really want to talk about it.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Um, So the new hero is the Keeper Ranger, who is the sixth ranger that was teased to us a couple of episodes back with that whole Merlin Sword in the Stone thing. So we meet the kid. He gets the sword. We find out a little bit more about the Goma tribe, and then he turns into the Kiba
1: Ranger, and that's it. Boom. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, we start off with a big thunderstorm. Right. Um, Act one, scene one, thunder and lightning, a heath.
0: <laughs> it's not on a heath.
1: No, it's at the shrine. It's at the shrine where the sword was stuck into the stone. Um, his, the sword, there's a little like tiger head on the pommel of the sword. Um, its eyes are glowing red. We get a little bit of a recap voiceover I think and yeah, this I mean
0: real briefly, just to kind of remind us exactly what's going
1: on, and then we shift down to uh the murder basement h q where Kaku is right. by himself meditating,
0: and then he gets a like Ryoku telepathy shim. B- 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 from granddad, from Rin's granddad or great-uncle or whatever the heck he is. And he says, Kaku, the Kiba Ranger, is about to be born. Or was it born or created or he was about to appear or something? Something
1: like that. It probably depends on whatever um, subtitles you happen to be reading.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And they start talking about the Byako Shinkan, which they reference all the time. I imagine it makes sense in Japanese. I had no idea what they were talking about until later
1: on. Like They really tell us...
0: Like, oh, yeah, Byakko Shinken is the name of the sword.
1: Yeah, so we're probably going to be referencing it um, sort of like that throughout the show. Um, So that is what we're talking about when we talk about the Byakko Shinken. That is the tiger sword, uh, which, if you recall, is the White Ranger's, like, saber thing that is currently jammed into a rock. So, right. That's... and that's really the end of that scene, right? Yeah, Kaku just sort of thinks to himself like, "Okay, the Byakushinkan, we need to do something." And then and scene then... cuts out. <sighs> Dave. Well, then
0: we it cuts back to the shrine. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, now we get to meet our sixth character, and it's Ko or Kyo, K Y O. Dave, I hate Ko. <laughs> I hate Ko so much. Yeah.
0: It's actually I wasn't gonna reference it until a little bit later on in the episode, but I was like, dude, the the Die Ranger White Ranger is not nearly as cool as the American version of the White Ranger.
1: No, we could have a little bit more of a discussion at the end. If you recall, a few weeks ago, I said that we had gotten a listener question that we couldn't talk about yet. Mm-hmm. It was basically this: like, how do you feel about the Tommy White Ranger versus the Kill White Ranger? Oh, I can answer that immediately. The Tommy version is better. Yeah, Tommy's Tommy's great. Um, Kyo, I mean, as the series progresses, I and mean, you've only seen the one episode, but um, Kyo does, like, you know, he develops as a character the same way the rest of them do. So you will feel probably uh, less hatred towards him by the end, but especially in these <laughs> first so. couple of appearances. Like, oh my gosh, he he's, Kyo is like new 52 Billy Batson. Oh, oh! He stays that way. Jeez, like that's he, no good. I don't. I mean, he doesn't stay that way. But at least in these first couple of appearances, like he is a little kid. Okay, well, let's we'll get back to Ko in a minute. Um, <sighs> to or at new 52. least fifty-two. We, no, we're not getting I into just, new fifty-two. Oh. We don't have time. We need to complain about <laughs> okay. this, not that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Okay, so, so here's what we see, the least see kid in about bed. Ko is like I don't know. What would you say? He's 12 maybe uh yeah he could be anywhere from yeah he's probably around 12 maybe younger okay uh he's got a baseball hat with like the brim flipped up no 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 he does not have a baseball hat matt he has like
0: i don't know if, if you guys remember it was like this thing in the 90s and it was like it was all cloth and it was like a soft brimmed baseball cap but the brim was like really short And it was always flipped up in this particular style. Um, My, my, and like his whole outfit is just, he's got like a skateboard, but it's not like an actual skateboard. It's like that sort of like weird, it's like a weird shape. And he's wearing just like this super like 90s kids clothes. My notes just say, so 90s, like all in caps. He is aggressively 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Painfully, painfully nineties. And so you see him and he's like skateboarding and uh, he like some he's like, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And he's like knocking kids out, knocking people out of the way. And so he is already kind of a jerk. And then you see him and he like, there's a bike that can't stop. And so he just straight up like ollies this bike. Yeah. He just like, he jumps over the bike. 10 feet in the air or something.
1: The same way that in the previous episode, um, a while back, remember, Shoji just jumped over a car on his uh, dirt bike?
0: (laughs) Right. Like, he was doing
1: that same sort of stuff on his skateboard. Yeah. And so he's obviously the Keeper Ranger.
0: Like, really clearly, there is no question, as soon as we see him, there's like, within like five seconds, we're like, oh, okay, so this is the guy.
1: Oh, and then he steals somebody's milkshake.
0: Just yeah. for no reason.
1: He's just skating past, and he reaches over and grabs it, and then laughs at them. <laughs> right. So, um, Kyo has been receiving telepathic messages.
0: Right. From someone. From someone. He know doesn't who. know who.
1: Um, and they are telling They're basically giving him orders like, hey, you need to go do X, Y, and Z. Now, yeah. first of all, you know, if... Listeners, if you are receiving telepathic messages from somewhere and they're telling you to do what Kyo is about to do, um, like... Ignore them. Yeah, go to a doctor. Don't do what those those voices voices. are telling you to do. Because here's what Kyo ends up doing. (laughs) (sighs) So he skateboards up to Rin's building. And Rin walks out. And there's sort of like a gauzy filter over the lens. And he looks at Rin uh, very It goes into slow-mo. Yeah.
0: And he skates over to her, and he's just like, "Oh, Rin," and she's like, "Uh, hi. Who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, from now on, I'm your little brother." And he like, and she's just like, "Well, that's weird. I don't. Okay, whatever." And he but, sticks you know, out his polite hand polite to like shake her hand to shake her hand. Yeah. Okay. And there's really, I've been trying to think of like a polite way to say this. There's no. There polite really way to isn't one. Us. He just reaches out and like. Like, goes from the handshake,
1: he just reaches out and, like, grabs her breast. Just honks it. Like, full on, like, just grabs her. And then while she is horrified, he steals her person's skateboards away. Right. So that's the Keeper Ranger, everyone. Here's Welcome new to new a hero.
0: He's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> and so he just... So my notes actually say, wait a minute... Maybe he's not the Kiba Ranger. Maybe he's a Goma. Like, maybe this is... It was like a trick. And then we're going to meet the Kiba Ranger later, and he's going to be cool, and he's going to help fight this monstrous child. Nope.
1: I was wrong. No such luck. So he's running away, and uh, Shoji happens to be out for a jog. Um, Rin shouts to Shoji, like, hey, help me stop this kid. Shoji, like, tries to interpose himself in between the kid and, like, you know, the road behind him. Uh, Kyo does that same skateboard jump, just jumps straight over Shoji's head and, like, turns around and laughs at them and skateboards away. Right.
0: So they chase him, scene cuts, and they show up uh, at the temple where we would assume that, I think it's the same temple or shrine or whatever where the sword is, right? Yeah, but at this point, none of them uh, know the the sword is is there.
1: Because remember, the only person who's actually been here before was Gramps.
0: That's right. I know. I actually had forgotten about that. And so they're there at the, shrine i guess the purse is left behind oh this is key to note that he steals the key out of her purse he steals her like apartment key yeah
1: so they get the purse back and the she doesn't her immediately purse. notice that the key is missing so she's like well the purse is here and everything seems to be here so let's look around for that kid yeah and so shoji is running he's just like you know you can't run kid like i will bring you to
0: justice and then as <laughs> <laughs> He's like wandering around the shrine. He gets attacked by Goma,
1: yeah, three like kind Goma. of out of
0: nowhere. Right, three grow, three Goma. They're actually pretty creepy. Like one of them has like a weird extending neck, uh, and her head is on it, and she like jumps out at Shoji. Shoji, not to his credit, just immediately freaks out. Like, runs away, is, like, crawling downstairs, like, in his desperate scramble to escape, just yelling, save me, save me.
1: Yeah, he's, like, save me, there are ghosts. Now, Shoji, you fight a monster every week. Why do you think that these ones are in some way different? Because then once he realizes that they're Goma, he gets really angry at them for tricking him into thinking that they were ghosts. Right, which is not really on. I mean, they are Goma, so like they're bad guys, but that's
0: not really on them, Shoji. They just appeared, and you thought they were ghosts.
1: So they introduced themselves, <laughs> and they are the <laughs> the three priestesses of Hell. They are the what? The earring princess, uh, the necklace princess, and the ring. Princess. No, no, not, uh, not princess. I think priestess. Priestess. yeah, you're right. You're right. Priestess. Yeah, three
0: priestess. So there's ring. Priestess, necklace, priestess, and uh, earring priestess. I'm not really sure why they picked jewelry, but we are back to things that could be found in a lady's purse. I'd like to point out.
1: So the the earring princess or priestess rather has like giant ears. The yeah, you know, the extendo neck one was the necklace princess, and then the yeah. ring princess like looks sort of uh, it's sort of weird to describe. Her head looks like a Is- backwards. Like you're looking at the back of a hand that's been put, drawn into a fist. It's yeah, and like the the
0: fingers like point.
1: I don't know, dude. It, like it's they kind point of grotesque. Backwards. If I can find a good picture of it, I'll put it up on the Twitter.
0: Yeah, and then she's got like long, like kabuki. Uh, what you call it? Like like a kabuki wig style hair that she can extend and do stuff with. Dude, I don't know. Oh, actually, Matt, speaking of Kabuki, after we were watching the Kabuki Boy episode, I went and did a little bit more reading up. Uh huh. Just on kind of Kabuki in general. Turns out, turns out, uh, Kabuki started as ladies only. Really? It was like a, uh, yeah, it was like a form of entertainment that a geisha would do. And then, like, you know, lo and behold, some, like a more conservative, like, political authority like came into power and we're like no ladies on stage but i guess you can keep doing you know kabuki theater and then that's when it switched to all guys and it's been all guys ever since how shocking i know right <laughs> <laughs> you know it's nice to know that like the world over as many differences as we had uh you know between cultures that ultimately we're all still humans And that we're all kind of jerks in the same way sometimes.
1: Right. That sort of same particular (laughs) style of monstrosity.
0: (laughs) Right. It's like, ah, see, we're not so different after all, Japan.
1: We're not so different after all, you and I.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And so she's, like, attacking with her, like, extendo hair and, you know, like, fight, fight, fight. And this is where things get – if you thought they were weird before – This is where things get really strange. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, Shoji and Rin fight for a second, blah, blah, blah. The other Rangers show up. The fight is joined in earnest. And then, the three priestesses of hell do, like, some combo attacks. But when they do combo attacks, they, like, teleport to. The hell,
1: I guess. Okay, but they don't. See, here's the weird thing. Because it looks like they've teleported to an alternate realm. Because this happens sometimes, right? Like they'll go into like Daigo's illusion realm, or they'll go inside the mind of a monster. And it's always like this. It's like foggy and the sky is some weird color and there's a bunch of like weird prop stuff around sitting around. And that's what happens here. Like the sky is red. There's a bunch of gravestones, but like like Western but I style think gravestones. To be...
0: Yeah, but then there's also like a bunch of like the shrine stuff from the shrine they were already at. And kid, the kid, Ko is, Kyo or whatever his name is, is still there, like hiding behind one of these gravestones. Yeah, and the rest watching. of the Die
1: Rangers show up, and they show up into this like weird, like red skied realm. Game. Yeah. So it's, I don't think that they've actually Dude, teleported. It's like they've shifted some sort of weird, like demonic planar energy onto, like on top of the landscape that they're already in. I guess it. I have like no I know. Idea. I know a lot of time we say that like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Ha ha ha. This makes no sense. Like this is not funny. <laughs> does not make sense. This is just weird <laughs> editing. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: fight! 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 And then, like a rickshaw shows up out of nowhere. It's like a you know, like a like a cart pulled by a dude, and it's uh, pulled by a cotoro podoro who has on like like traditional like Chinese peasant style
1: garb. I guess is the easiest way to say it. And, yeah, and in the the rickshaw, there might be a different term for this sort of specific style of vehicle, but. I'm just going to call it a rickshaw because yeah. I don't know what that is. So in the rickshaw, yeah, there are two people. There is an older guy uh, who has like a mustache and a beard. And he's like the something-something shogun. I didn't write his name down. Um,
0: Dongu? Denpao. Denpao, Denpao shogun, shogun. Thank you. Is what his name is. And
1: then there's yeah. a little kid, a kamaru. And a kamaru has like... It looks sort of like a weird version of like a little boy's... Like halfway between a school uniform and a sailor suit, except it's covered in yeah. like weird buttons that are sewn on everywhere. Like not yeah, because I mean, like, it
0: is very just like decorative it is very buttons. clearly like a right, like a Western
1: style outfit. It's 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 a weird look, man. And There's he's no got two like ways a, around. He's it. got
0: like a headband. He's got like a headband with like a big button sewn on top, and yeah, just a bunch of decorative button. I. Like, dude, this is—it's just a very strange. Yeah, the show's taken a weird left turn
1: in this episode. Okay, so the rickshaw
0: pulls up. Akamaru hops out of the rickshaw. Like, while the Die Rangers and the three Hell Priestesses are fighting, like he he pulls out an arrow, like a bow and arrow, kind of out of nowhere. He shoots like an energy arrow into the sky. It looks like it sort of like pierces a hole in the sky and then like the best way I can describe it is as though like they had somehow put like a, a bubble like every all this weird redness that we're seeing is like a bubble that extends over them and Aquamaru shoots an arrow and it like pops the bubble is is the easiest yeah, way to it. Yeah, no, think I think that's it. probably the best way to describe it. And then and so yeah, I'm thinking maybe Akamaru is a hero. Like, oh, maybe he's a good guy, who is like here to help the Rangers because like they're fighting the three priestesses from Hell, and he just did a thing that helped them. I think he's not. He's a Goma.
1: Yeah, and but is, I thought at the, the time that maybe he was, was like a good guy. in charge of the three priestesses. So the priestesses all so- turned back into like their humanoid form. And Akamaru says, like, well, as long as we're here on Earth, like, you won't be able to awaken the Kiba Rangers. So, leave. And then the Diamond Rangers just leave. They're like, okay, that sounds yeah. reasonable. Well, no, they... We're out of here.
0: Well, Akamaru and the Priestesses teleport away,
1: don't they? They may have. I, I It's not in my notes. I think they,
0: yeah, they teleport away first. My my notes then... at that point
1: were still trying to cope with what was going on with the sky. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I lose a couple of details there. <laughs> so...
0: No, 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 they don't. That's right. That's what it is. Okay. Akamaru just... He, like, hops back in the rickshaw. The priestesses take their human form. Like, they don't interact with Akamaru yet. The priestesses say, oh, you'll never be able to awaken the Kiba Ranger. They teleport away. And then Akumaru is talking to Denpo Shogun and just says, like, okay, I guess things are cool like let's go deal with this and then he pulls out a like a birthday noisemaker like one of those like a like a rolly paper like extendy one And just like blows it in denpo shogun's
1: face and then they leave that that thing that like noisemaker thing because akamaru Akamaru is going to stick around um he's never going to get a better outfit And he is going to continue to use that noisemaker thing as, like, a signature, you know, it's like puffing on a pipe or, like, stroking, like, the cat that's sitting in your lap. That is his, like, weird move. He blows into a noisemaker. Seriously? Oh, yeah. That's the, guys, like, that's the coolest
0: thing you could think of? Like, a noise... Nah, I don't even. Know. I mean, I
1: guess the idea is that like he's a creepy <laughs> little kid, and so he's like doing a little kid thing in a creepy way, like an innocent kid. Okay, like he sort right of like on. twisted I, I this sort of like that, innocence guess. of party fun into like you know monster control and trying to murder people, and like I Man. get that, but it's a camera like never stops striking me as like a weird, <laughs> weird series of decisions,
0: dude. Ah, uh, man, okay. So the Dairangers leave, they either. go back
1: to Murder Basement HQ, and they are talking right. to Kaku. Kaku, at this point, fills them in, like, they, we may even come in at, like midway through the conversation, because they're talking about the fact that the Kiba Ranger is sort of imminent, and they're excited that there's going to be a new comrade, and how cool it will be to have another person on their team.
0: Yes, like, everybody's really jazzed about it. Uh, Shoji particularly, I think, right? Yeah. And then this is where I uh, – this is actually where they do specifically mention that, like, oh, the Byaku Shinkan is the sword. We had no idea about this before. And we do find out – I think Kaku says, like, ah, the sword
1: is the key to the Keeper Ranger something, something, something. So then we cut back to the shrine, right? and
0: right. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, the shrine specifically. If it's not that it's shrine, like
1: a, it's a similar shrine. it's Yeah, it's like a – it looks pretty similar. Right. Um, so they're standing around in front of it. It's the three priestesses, Akamaru and the Shogun, and also mm-hmm. our three regular Goma commanders, Shaddam, Zidos, and Gara, yes. right? Right. We find out that
0: this kid is Shaddam's son.
1: Yeah, he is his son. And then we later find out, I mean shortly, rather, that... Uh, yeah. Pretty much as soon as he was born, Shadam like rejected him and gave him up for adoption. And so <laughs> right. um, the Shogun has been raising Akamaru as his own son. And so yeah. Shadam's like, "Son, and why why says, are you here? Like, why are you here to bother us?"
0: <laughs> and the kid is like, "Well, whatever, Dad." Like, basically, he's like, "You're not my real dad. Effectively. Yeah, like, I don't
1: take orders from you." And also. I have been put in charge of the sort of Earth operations trying to deal with for... Is it for dealing with the rangers or specifically dealing with the Keeper Ranger?
0: I get the impression it's like specifically dealing with the Keeper Ranger. Okay. Because he says... Because uh, Dempo Shogun says like, oh, a Kamaru has been put in charge of this thing. And this is, the, this is something... It's like
1: a throwaway line, Matt. He says, by the Senate. Yeah, because when the other, uh, when, who was it? I think it was Gara and Zydos are wondering, like, wait, what is this kid doing here? Like, get out of here. We are in charge of this situation. And the Shogun says, no, no, no. The Senate has appointed a Kamaru. Yeah. The Senate.
0: Like, the Goma Senate. I oh, just yeah. had always assumed that this was like, because they talk about themselves as like a tribe. So I assumed that there was like you know the chief goma whose name I would assume is goma. It is. Okay. And he is like handing down orders and like monsters are fighting and blah blah blah. But apparently not. Apparently there's a senate of goma. So they have like
1: a democracy? I don't e- <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know, man. It's like we we will continue to find out more about the GOMA, and you will get to see sort of what passes for their government later on, and it is bonkers. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward
0: to that. Um, so apparently, guys, the GOMA have a Senate, which...
1: Is, and Maybe that's why everything they do is sort of, like, weirdly... Like, seems as though it is poorly planned by a committee... <laughs> Because it actually is being poorly planned by a committee? <laughs> because it
0: is poorly planned by a committee. Not just imagining, like, the Goma subcommittee for terror. You know what I mean? Like, I am on the Hellish Pain Council, and
1: uh, we have something we'd like to bring before the Senate. <laughs> okay, so uh, Akamaru and the <laughs> Shogun leave, and Shadam sort of snarls into the camera. Right, he is clearly not happy about his son being here to kind of like, you know, point things out. You know, whatever. He's not happy about his kid being here. Yeah, basically, he feels like his toes are being stepped on, and he's not into it. Right. So we. So next scene. Yeah, we cut away from that scene back to Rin's apartment, but Rin's not there. Ko is there. He has broken in using yeah. the key that he stole from her earlier.
0: Yeah, and he's just kind of ransacking her place. And he's continuing to get, like, these telepathic messages that say, like, no, you need to find
1: this thing. Like, we don't actually know what he's looking for, but we need to find this thing. And he is making a mess of this place. Like, opening up drawers and, like, just pulling everything out. Like, it looks like a bomb hit this place. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And so he
0: eventually, he sees, like, a picture, and he takes a picture down, And uh, there's like a a leather bag, is what it looks like, kind of behind. Yeah, yeah, it's been taped to the back.
1: And you get (laughs) the uh, like telepathic thing that says, "Aha! Yes, this is like when the great uncle was here. This is where he hid this item." Which,
0: okay, I'm just gonna say what it is. It's his aura changer. Yeah, it's his aura changer. But like, you would think. That maybe there would be a little more security around this thing. That maybe Grandad would have told Rin where it was. And it would be in, like, I don't know, a safe
1: deposit box.
0: Or, like, maybe get, like, a little safe for the house or Or something. Or leave it with Kaku. He never leaves
1: murder basement. Or not really. Right. Just, like, put it down there and have him keep an eye on it. But apparently no one knows what this thing is or where it is. Except for the telepathic messages that he's getting from... Have we have we talked about it yet? The telepathic messages are coming from the sword. Yeah, we they, we actually don't
0: know that yet, but we do find it out like pretty shortly. So whatever. And so he just he's like, "Oh great!" And then Rin gets home, she is understandably and, upset. Yeah, furious, and she's like, "Dude, kid, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh hey, Rin, what's up? Uh, I just needed to find this thing." And she, like, she's standing by the door, and he walks up. So they're, like, they're right on other sides of the doorway. And she's demanding that she to, uh, he give the key back. Yeah, he's like, give the key back. This is ridiculous. Like, who are you? Why are you in my apartment? Like, you know, you're in trouble, basically. And so the kid's option, and again, there's not a delicate way to say this. He just, like, he just gropes
1: her again. Yeah, he reaches. Well, what he when, does is he reaches out his hand holding the key. Like, okay, I will hand you the key. And then when she goes to reach for it, then he sort of goes in for a grope And she, like, jumps back, understandably, because that's horrifying. Sure. And then when she jumps back, that puts her on the other side of the door. He slams the door shut and locks it. And, and it's like, ha ha, got you. cow oh, man. Okay. <laughs> and then he is yeah, like, set up, like, a rope. And he, like, jumps out the window and climbs down to the street and skateboards away again. Right. Rin uses, like, Kiriyoku, like, telepathy to, like, undead bolt her door, like, runs in, and sees him skating away. She runs down to street level, gets on a bike, and starts chasing after him. And again, they end up back at that shrine. Yeah, dude. Okay, Matt, let me pause for
0: just a second. Do they ever, like, does this kid ever get any comeuppance? Is he ever taught that, like, this is wrong? Or is this just like a kid's show where they're like, hey, here's the hero of the show who's the same age kiddos as you who are watching the show. And he just grabs ladies. And that's that's a cool move.
1: Uh, Com- like, do they ever address this? Come maintains his bad habits. I-, I think they eventually are curtailed. But this is, like, it will continue to happen in later episodes. Um, I, dude, I just, at least
0: I feel like that's irresponsible television making.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least the other characters in the show disapprove of it. But the show itself, like, continues to give him opportunities to grow for this woman. Same woman. Yeah, well, dude, who cares if the other characters like disapprove if they don't
0: do anything then basically the lesson here is like be a hero and be hugely inappropriate it's a bad lesson like yeah that's a bad lesson die ranger like you shouldn't teach people that lesson it's a terrible lesson it's it's
1: honestly this one it's been a year or two since i've watched the show in its entirety so i don't know maybe i'll like go a lot better this time through but (laughs) i i do not have high hopes
0: Okay, so uh, if any of Uh, you listeners
1: have been uh, sort of exasperated with the fact that so far we really like everything about the show, then you are in luck.
0: Yeah, here's the thing that we do not like. Um, All right, so that scene's over. We jump. It's like a real short scene, basically. Like the three priestesses of Hell are like up on a roof with Akamaru, and like extending a priestess is like looking around, and apparently she has like a telescope eye. And they find the sword they find the byakos
1: okay, so the three priestesses show up to the shrine at the same time as Rin and Kyo. Kyo runs off and hides in a bush somewhere because at this point he's useless and uh, <laughs> Rin <laughs> the right. aura changes and starts to challenge the three priestesses and it's a cool fight it's like a three on one, but Rin's doing a great job uh, sort of holding yeah them all she off. does.
0: There's one weird thing though, like before the fight starts, there's like a big like text thing, like a text overlay that is like Rin versus or like the Hoho Ranger versus like the three priestesses of hell. Bumpa bum, bum. Sunday, Sunday, like, Sunday. Yeah, like 70s kung fu movie
1: intro style. Well, it's not the first time we've seen this. We got it. Is No, it? no no, we got it with um I, I think we saw it when Daigo fought the Mirror Master, and then again when oh, Um yeah, Kazu maybe so. fought the uh the Tofu monster. You
0: know what? That does sound familiar. Okay, cool. I just thought it was weird kind of out of the blue, but
1: I like it's it. It's cool. It happens every great once in a while to sort of showcase a particular character.
0: Yeah. So they fight. Like you said, Matt, uh, you know, Rin is actually doing a pretty bang up job as far as like you know, fending these rangers or the Goma monsters off, but she can't. Like,
1: you know, she can't do it. Yeah, ultimately, she's going to need help, which is great because the other die rangers all show up. So they all show up. Order changer.
0: They fight, 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 fight. Uh, then we shoot to Q, who is like looking on, and he gets like a telepathic message. It's like you got to go get the sword, and he's like, I can't go get the sword yet because there's all this stuff in the way. And then like lightning bolts
1: yeah like the sword starts causing this huge electrical storm, and so the three priestesses and the die rangers all have to sort of take cover for like, a minute,
0: yeah, and then so he runs up, grabs the sword, and like receives the quickening, basically yeah there's
1: lightning everywhere and explosions it's i actually i have in my notes that he he that he shazams out because that's basically what happens, like he is a little kid. But when he transforms into the White Ranger, he becomes an adult. Or, like, he's in an adult's body. And at least in this instance, Mm -hmm. there's a big lightning bolt that drops. And so it's this weird sort of Captain Marvel-esque moment. Oh, now, see, I really... Like, I saw... I mean, seriously,
0: dude. He has a sword. He holds the sword up. He is, like, shot by lightning as he's holding up the sword. I was almost expecting, like, there can be only one,
1: you know, style... Thing, yeah. I'm, I th- I'm trying to think. Was this show on at the same time that uh, Highlander was on? When did Highlander start? Because uh, Highlander is another beautifully it, '90s show.
0: It wouldn't have been on. I don't know about that, but it certainly, I think, post dates the first Highlander movie. Yeah,
1: well, the movie was in the late '80s. The original run of the series. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, it would have been on for about a year. It, that show started in '92. Okay. Dude. Dude, Highlander. I love the Highlander so much. Dude, maybe if we ever finish all the Sentai that we care to watch, we can do a Highlander series. Because I love the dude, Highlander.
0: I love the Highlander. And you know what's great about the Highlander? I love Highlander sort of in spite of itself because they're not they're not actually really like that great, like objectively. You know what I mean? Like the first one is good. Like the first Highlander movie is sort of objectively good, and then from there, like they're not actually that great.
1: Yeah, the show, the show had its moments. moments.
0: I mean, yeah, the show had its moments, and I love Adrian Paul. Don't get me wrong, oh, who doesn't? Um, yeah, who doesn't? And Christopher Lambert, Christopher Lambert. Um, yeah, dude, I just the whole idea is so great. Matt, did I actually um did I ever tell you this that somebody and I don't know who it was. Wrote up a rule set for Highlander to be used in the uh, World of Darkness rule set and like the White Wolf rule set. You know, I don't
1: think you ever told me that, but I'm not surprised at all because (laughs) okay, it fits, right? It fits and it fits so perfectly because I feel as though the people who made like the '90s like White Wolf World of Darkness stuff.
0: Matt I have a guess as to where you're going those people must
1: have loved the Highlander because if you could look in the books it's all like black trench coats and katanas and (laughs) like there is a particular (laughs) like so many vibe. there's so many katanas I think we counted
0: it up once didn't we. In some book. I don't remember what the book was. Oh, it was... It was no joke.
1: I want to say like, it was 19. the first edition um, Mage the Ascension. Dude, no
0: joke. I, I seriously think like 19 or 20 katanas. No, there
1: were 19 or 20 pictures with katanas in them. I think there were like oh, yeah, that's right, 25 that's right. katanas because total... a few people were holding two of them. Because of course. Of course. You I mean, what's two? better than one katana? <laughs> Two katanas. Of course.
0: Obviously. It's like double mint gum, man. Um I do. I love that the Highlander uses a katana for a reason that is like I mean it is explained. Like he gets it from like his dude who's like Sean Connery pretending to be a Spaniard, which doesn't work at all. Oh, dude, it's even better than that,
1: because Sean Connery, who is clearly Scottish, is playing a character (laughs) who is a Spaniard, but that character, since he's immortal, was not (laughs) always a Spaniard. Originally, he was Egyptian. So, like, ethnically Egyptian, like, culturally acclimated to Spain. Spain. Played by a Scotsman. And
0: then... Who is talking to a guy... Who is supposed yeah, to actually be a Scotsman, like Christopher Lambert who is, is by playing a Scotsman Lambert, who's like Belgian or something. Yeah. It's And doesn't even I don't think he even tries to do a Scottish accent. Just
1: No, it's it's, it's just Christopher Lambert. It's that weird, impenetrable Christopher Lambert accent, which I love, but I... dude I love he that. doesn't do anything different when he's playing Raiden or when he's playing uh Connor <laughs> McLeod. <laughs>
0: talk about Raiden. It's like Japanese Thunder God with a Belgian, weird Belgian accent. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I love okay, it
1: let's let's stop talking about things that we love and get back to Ko. <laughs> yeah, thinking of things that we don't love. So Ko, there's yeah. a weird, there's a sort of extra long transformation sequence because we show, they sort of address, like, he's getting bigger, his muscles are bulking out. You know, he is becoming right. an adult-sized person. Yeah, and he's thrilled. He is so... Yeah, he's so happy. And then we just get a couple of scenes of him doing, like, handsprings and climbing up trees and jumping around. He doesn't start contributing to the fight. He just jumps for a while. (laughs) Yeah, he's just sort of spazzy. He's, like, jump... Yeah, he is. And it's just
0: like, yo, dude, there is a fight going on right now. (laughs) So... At this moment, yeah. your ranger comrades are fighting monsters, and you're, like,
1: doing handsprings and, like, trying to climb trees. Yeah, and, like, and he's just, he's not even in front of them. He's just, like, off in the woods. And then eventually he lands, and he lands on, like, a tree stump, and he does, like, a little pose. And the monsters, yeah. like, walk over and notice that he's there. Like, he doesn't land in the middle of their fight. Like, they have to go find him to get intimidated. <laughs> but find him they do, and he he doesn't say anything. Um, the sword, who can talk, does the talking for him, yeah. because if he were to talk, he still has his little kid voice, and so all yeah. of the talking that gets done is all via the sword to sort of maintain the fiction that he is an adult hero. Yeah. And that fiction, by the way, and we don't really cover it in this episode because this is pretty much the end of the episode. Like, the other die rangers walk up and see, oh, great, there's the White Ranger. Um, Cool. But as it progresses, like, the Rangers know Kyo, and they know the White Ranger, but they don't know that Kyo is the White Ranger for a long time. It's going to be a weird thing. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. Oh, by the way, uh, Christopher Lambert born in the u.s his dad was like a french diplomat okay. but like for the u.s or something i don't know and then he grew up in like switzerland so he's got like a french swiss american accent okay of. that and that's why that's it's like, why it's that's why it's so, like so bizarre weird.
1: oh dave speaking of uh things that we had referenced earlier and i've now looked up the details on uh that fantastic uh-huh. Four comic was part of the infinity war crossover and it was number 368 the day of the doppelgangers
0: Nice. Uh, okay, so if you have Marvel Infinity, you can go read that issue.
1: Uh, I don't recommend it, but you can.
0: <laughs> that's a terrible
1: book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's pretty much it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah,
0: it just kind of ends on a just a weird note. You just see Kiba Ranger like jumping through the air, and then that's it. Okay, so Dave,
1: I, I, I feel like I don't <laughs> even have to ask, but what was your low point this week?
0: Uh, my low point is Joe being a sexual predator. Yeah, <laughs> basically, like guys, you can't you can't have kids doing that on a kids show. It's not you
1: can't do that. Bad messages are being sent. That that is also my low. I know normally we try to uh, break that up, but uh, where we each have a different one. But I feel like in this case I can make an exception. Um, yeah, Joe like. You 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 have some lessons to learn about consent, my friend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and what would you say is your high point of the episode? Well, my high point of the episode is that we do get to see the keeper. Yeah, Ranger. and it's a cool design, and it's it is neat to get introduced to sort of the last of the main characters. Um, yeah, uh, no, Kamaru that was that's is gonna be rad. sticking around. Kyo is obviously gonna be sticking around, and we really, you know this is sort of pushing off the next phase of the show. And that's cool.
0: Yeah, no, I'm psyched. I want to know more. I'm also excited to see more about the Goma government. I want to know what's up with the Goma Senate. I want to know what's going oh, on. Wait till you meet
1: Goma the 15th or 16th or whatever it is.
0: What? That's like a hereditary title? Uh, this gets better and better. We'll
1: get into it later. I'm not going to spoil anything now. Um, I'm going to say okay, my okay. high point is another kill thing um the, okay whoever it is who plays like the adult keeper ranger in the suit does a very right. good job when he's like frolicking around of making it oh, look that is like a good, he's yeah. a little kid in an adult's body and i and that i i forget exactly how much that sticks around or how much he sort of like learns how to control himself properly but it's really neat he's sort of like it's a it's a very nice bit of physical acting, and I I think that if you were to watch the episode, um, keep an eye out for that. It's very cool. I did I did take note of that actually, um,
0: that that he does he really looks you know like a little kid. So
1: okay, so final thoughts. What what do we think about this, Dave? How do you feel about these developments? Uh,
0: okay. I dig that the Kiba Ranger is Uh here. I think it's really cool. I also think it's cool that he's like a white tiger. Like, that is pretty neat. Like, that's a neat addition. I'm looking forward to seeing how, like, his Kaiden beasts, like, meets up with the others.
1: Uh, I gotta be real, dude. I think it's kind of lame that it's a little kid okay now, i've had I've had more time to think about this, and I have nothing okay, okay. I mean I, I can like, see it because it's
0: a show for right. kids and so it sort of gives them an, an in to sort of connect to the
1: show uh, and it does have that sort of like you know Shazam Captain Marvel Flair where like it's a little kid and he turns into an adult and it gets to sort of like live out this fantasy, but like in his head, he's still a kid and it's fun like it's it can be done well and at times throughout the show you will see it being done well um okay like the actual character of Kel i find sort of problematic for the reasons that we were talking about earlier like he's just right. like this weird thieving pervert yeah um and i'm not into that but i am happy that he's here now and that we can sort of like move on from there um yeah that's i, I cool. think another thing that sort of has poisoned me against Kyō is the fact that when I see that white ranger suit like that's Tommy you know like mm-hmm. very specifically right. and like the green ranger from Z Ranger is also Tommy as is like the red Zeo Ranger and a bunch of other ones but yeah. the uh I think the difference is is that since this is like the only part of this show that I have a separate sort of cultural touchstone for, like that connection really is a lot weird. stronger. So, like, you know, like I'm not expecting the Green Ranger to be Tommy in Zhu Ranger because the Red Ranger is Geki instead of Jason. And so, right. since everything is different, that's fine. But in this but since it's yeah, like like this in this thing. instance, it's just like this one character from another show has shown up, and I expect him to be like this cool dude that I remember from when I was a kid, and instead we get like you know boob honky McGee <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's
0: a good point, that's a good point hey, listen, nobody's Tommy Matt, nobody's no. Tommy okay. So, I don't think we can't expect someone else to be Tommy. Um, but, hey. Hey. What
1: are you going to Okay. So... Mixed bag this week, folks, but that is going to do it for another episode <laughs> of Live and Let Die Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I want to remind you that you can email the show at brothers at gmail.com. If you want to get updates on future episodes or talk to us, we're on Twitter at Super bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to us, tell people about the show. Uh, you doing that is really the only way that the show is going to grow. Um, which would be fun for us and possibly for you as well. Who knows? Um, right. So once again, we are the Super Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.